0: Hello and welcome to today's edition of Family Life Today, hosted by Dave and Anne Wilson with Bob Lapine. Family Life Today is presented by Power to Change, known in the U.S. as Family Life. We hope the program will encourage you in your most important relationships.
1: I can't avoid the truth that Jesus loves being our Saviour. It may be well I've I've failed Jesus again, and this is you know time number 374 with this particular sin. Jesus still loves being your savior. We will never out sin His grace.
2: Welcome to Family Life today where we want to help you pursue the relationships that matter most. I'm Ann Wilson.
3: And I'm Dave Wilson. And you can find us at FamilyLifeToday.com or on our Family Life app.
2: This is Family Life Today.
3: So when I first became a follower of Christ... And again, I you know, you know this, Ann. I hadn't really read the Bible. Didn't yeah. grow up in a Christian home, didn't really read the Bible. You deep. went to
2: church but you didn't know the Bible.
3: And I fell asleep at church, so I didn't listen. So I'm starting to read the Bible as a as a young college age man and I thought there's nothing in the Bible that I can relate to. Oh, that's what I thought. I really? just thought it's this book that's it's not real. It's just like fake myth fables, you know. Yeah. It just doesn't talk about real life. And I'll never forget, in my first month, I'm reading it on my own, and I stumble across Romans chapter 7. And I didn't know what I was reading at the time. Now I'm an astute master divinity scholar.
2: (laughs) Okay, so you're a brand new believer, and you're reading Romans 7. Yeah, and I read this. Okay.
3: And I remember thinking to myself, that's exactly my life right now. He said, Paul wrote in Romans 7:14, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. I do not understand my actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Hmm. And I'm reading that going, this is a guy that wrote the Bible? He wants to do the right thing, but he's being so honest to say, but I struggle. I actually do the wrong thing. And I remember going to my mentor and saying, what is this about? Because this is what I feel. I, I, this is my daily struggle. Hmm. And it was like this, this body of flesh and desires that my body had compared to and my, the spiritual life and the Holy Spirit of God living in me. There was a war going on that was described in scripture that I didn't know what it meant, and how
2: to win this war. Because prior to knowing Jesus, you had given in to all of your bodily desires.
3: Yeah, now I'm in Christ, and I'm still struggling. I thought that would all go away, but it's still there. So, I mean, you know, it brings up this topic of the body, the spirit, the flesh, Mm. the spirit, which is all throughout Scripture. I now know that, Uh, and I think we all deal with this, and we need help. So we've got help in the studio with us today. We've got Sam Alvary, who's with us to join us again on Family Life Today. Welcome back, Sam. Hey, it's always good to be with you. Yeah, and again, I find you're you looking at us smiling about our little struggle here that we deal with. But obviously, I want to hear what you're thinking about that. But let me introduce you a little bit. You've written a book, a little bit about this struggle. It's a book about the body It says what God, your book title is called What God Has to Say About Our Bodies. And it's a fascinating theology of our
2: bodies. That I, I don't know if I've ever read anything else like this. I think it's really unique, but really needed, and the subtitle is Why the Gospel is Good News for Our Physical Selves. We know that it's good news. We know that the good news of Jesus affects our spirit, our soul, but we often don't connect the body to that.
3: Yeah, so let's talk, Sam. You're smiling about my little struggle with my physical body. I'm guessing we all have that. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. This this body we live in and the spirit that lives in us, there is a war. There is, and I was smiling in, in, purely in terms of recognition
1: because you're, you're articulating what we all what we all feel. You're not, you're not laughing at me. You're laughing with me. Yeah, right? I was also <laughs> laughing because you then said, you know, here's, here's all the problems, but don't worry, we have Sam here to, to fix it all. <laughs> so I was wondering if I could pretend to have (laughs) wi-fi problems (laughs) no um, and it it, passages like that in romans 7 and there are there are other parts of the bible where you you get the same kind of real kind of this is what's going on under the hood in each of us it's so reassuring isn't it yeah Mm. because i think we sometimes get our heads to the point where we think the bible is is kind of like an episode of the waltons it's you know (laughs) and churches like this and you've got to have your life together and then you can come and open the bible and, and sort of have all of your life together being affirmed and you realize that the people in the Bible are a mess (laughs) Um, and they're a mess just in the way that we're a mess Mm -hmm. and Romans 7 gives expression to what every single person on the planet feels in some way which is there is is something about my desires that is not entirely right even the, the most kind of cynical... Far from Christ kind of person still would, would recognize that not every instinct and impulse within them should be indulged. Um, and we feel that battle profoundly. And um, it's interesting, Paul uses the language of, of the flesh as a kind of shorthand for our, our kind of sinful instincts. Um, by doing so, he's, he's not meaning to sort of say that the body is evil and only the spirit within us is good because the body is affirmed throughout the Bible and, and by Paul himself. But i think it's because so much of our experience of our own worst instincts has taken place in our bodies our bodies have often been the vehicle for those impulses and instincts it's been the crime scene (laughs) of our sin and of other people's and we, we bear in our flesh not just the the scars of the sins that we have committed but as well that the shame of sins that have been committed against us have often been committed in our in our bodies so I think Paul is using the flesh for that kind of reason. But, you know, he then he kind of crescendos, who can rescue me from this body of death? And it, it can feel like that. Our impulses are so heading in the, in the wrong direction in, in so many ways. So there is, there is great comfort that that experience is expressed by an apostle in the pages of Scripture. We can take some comfort from that. Every single one of us is a mess. Um, If if we're going through that Romans 7 experience ourselves, God is saying to us, you are not on your own. Hmm. You are not the freak here. And the trouble is, particularly when we go to church, we we can look around and it looks as though other people have got their lives more together than we have. That's because we're comparing their outsides with our insides, if I can put it that way. Hmm. Um, whereas if we could see inside of them, we would see the very same struggle and battles as well. And as you as you come to faith, you you begin to realise why that's the case and how that's been the case. You're more aware of the battle now because you have more of a sensitivity to sin and a, more of a desire to go God's ways. But as you as you said, we we often think, oh well, now I'm a Christian. This will all get sorted out and I'll be fixed. Give myself a couple of weeks, you know, <laughs> but basically these things will all sort themselves out, and i'll I'll kind of move forwards in a in a sort of happy, coherent kind of way and we we realize that's not the case we We do have the gift of the spirit, we do have new hearts, but as I, I sometimes put it, we have new creation software on old creation hardware mm. for as long as we are in these bodies, we will still be wrestling with with our sinful nature with all of those instincts of the flesh that Paul is talking about.
3: Well, let's talk about, you know, from your experience and biblically, how do you win that battle with the flesh? You know, you go to another book that Paul wrote in Galatians, you know, verse 16, chapter 5, he says, you know, but I say walk by the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And I can remember one of my first years in ministry, I've, I've written about this, standing in front of a TV that had pornography on it. This is back before there was the Internet. And feeling this, I felt like overwhelming desire to look. You know, it was like, wow. I remember standing there going, I don't know if I've ever felt a a desire this strong against what God wants me to do. I mean, I just thought, I'm going to struggle a little bit. But in Christ, the struggle won't be as strong as before. And I'm standing there going... This is a powerful urge, the flesh, the desire to do the wrong thing, to be to look at something I shouldn't have any reason to look at. I'm a married man, I'm a follower of Christ. Was so strong it struck me that wow, hmm. this is a battle and at the same time I know Paul's words. You know, walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify these desires I was and, having.
2: And Dave, it can be food. You it can know? be anything. And yeah. thinking of Paul saying, "And I beat my body, and I make it my slave." Yeah. And those words are so descriptive of the battle. So talk
3: about that. How do you how do you walk by the Spirit and win this battle? I'm guessing you never struggle like that like like we do. So talk about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, they're just three very easy steps, which I, I took 20 years ago and I haven't sinned ever since then. <laughs> That's what I figured, yeah. <laughs> uh, I no, it's, it's very counterintuitive. And, mm. again, it's where we need to just have the gospel on repeat in our own hearts. Because, our, again, the flesh has its own fleshly way of dealing with the flesh. <laughs> and we think, right, okay, I need to man up. I need to... Yeah do the equivalent of gulping down some spiritual protein shakes and just kind of fight harder out of my own strength. And that's just not the answer. Paul shows us that in Romans 7, that the more you try to do that in your own strength, the the deeper in you get. Hmm. It's like trying to flail your way out of quicksand. You end up going down more and more. So it's Titus 2 says... It is the grace of God that teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Mm. So the only way we can fight these very, very deep seated impulses that we find within us is we need to keep receiving the grace of God.
2: How do we do that?
1: Paul shows us because, you know, that the general shape of Paul's letters is to show us who we are in Christ and then to tell us how to start living that out. Mm. So we we need to kind of receive and understand our new identities as Christian men and women. Romans 6 has a lot on this. He he wants us to realize that sin is no longer who we are. So the very first command that comes in the whole letter of of Romans is is Romans 6. It's either verse 13 or 18 or something like that, where he says, consider yourselves dead to sin. Hmm. He doesn't say stop sinning. He says, consider yourselves dead to sin. In other words, you need to think about yourself in a new way now because you're not that guy anymore. Mm. And what our our sinful nature tells us, what the devil tells us is, you know, stop trying to be this Christian version of yourself that you're clearly not. Mm. This is who you are. This is what you do. This is how we roll. Have at it. And Paul is trying to say, no, no, that is who you were. But that you has died now. There's a new you on the block and the new you is is the real you and so it is now not holiness that is going against the grain of who you really are, it's it's sin that's now going against the grain of who you really are. You will never be more truly who you are at your deepest core than when you're following Christ. Hmm. I needed to know that because all of us have various besetting sins that that feel like they're the, the big ticket sins in our lives and I remember having a bit of a breakthrough with with a particular sin in my own life when I realised, oh, I don't have to commit that sin anymore. Hmm. Paul says I'm I'm no longer under the mastery of that sin. I'm under Christ instead. It doesn't mean I don't sin, but it does mean that every time I do sin, I didn't have to because sin doesn't have that authority over me anymore. So that that's part of it is is trying to understand who we now are in Jesus and realizing that actually it's that who Christ has made us to be in him that that helps us then to to walk in his ways. Mm. Um, Be who you now are in Jesus and I think the other thing is is simply remembering that our righteousness is in Jesus this is not a matching grant thing where he'll he'll put (laughs) up most of the righteousness if we kind of (laughs) add our own little bit. all of our righteousness is in jesus and so as i'm wrestling with certain impulses in my heart i can think jesus has already lived righteously in that area of life for me this particular way i can feel my body wanting to to be misused and to, to commit sin jesus never did that in in that particular area of life he was always righteous he obeyed God and honoured God perfectly with his body because he knew that I couldn't Hmm. and so there is a completion there that has already been prepared for me that I have now stepped into so I don't need to fight this in order to be in God's good graces and to look my heavenly father in the eye or to look my Christian brother and sister in the eye God has already counted me righteous in Christ, hmm. which then actually makes it safe for me to say to God and to, to other Christians, this is what's going on in my heart right now. And I, it's safe to say that because it's not threatening my standing with God or my, my place in his family. Hmm. And so as as my friend and, and pastor Ray Ortland I've heard him say this a few times we we don't defeat sin by the sort of gritting our teeth and, and force of willpower we confess it to death mm. and I've often found that it's been the articulation of hey this is this is the crazy going on in my heart right now that I'm dealing with just articulating that feels like it has already done something to that sin because I've been able to step outside of it and name it to show it in its true light to another Christian brother and that does change my relationship to that sin.
2: Hmm. Wasn't it Ray? He was just on talking about having a men's group and having teaching.
1: Yeah, the death of porn. Oh, yes, yes. That was Ray. And then we walk in the light with one another. So we, we receive the teaching, we do our, our heavy
2: doctrine, and then we're like, okay, yeah. Now, now we confess our sins to each other. And that's what he talked about confessing sins, where guys would just confess their sins to one another and how it was setting men free. Yeah, Because as they're talking about, they're hearing the word, they're confessing to one another. It was like.
3: Well, that was going to be my question to you, Sam. Is that what you would say to the person who has made mistakes with their body? They've sinned with their body. Or whether, maybe
2: against them.
3: and Or against them. They've lost that flesh-spirit battle often, and they just feel defeated, and they hide often. Mm-hmm. But they've sort of given up, like, I've tried, it doesn't work. It's hopeless. Yeah. What would you say to them? And even the parent is maybe watching their child struggle with that. How would you counsel them? I think I would say you, you're describing every single
1: human being, every single Christian. Yeah, that, I mean yeah, that's true. We are, by definition, people who've been defeated by sin. That's why we're Christians. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what qualifies us to be Christians, because we needed the champion to come and to fight that enemy for us, because we couldn't fight that enemy on our own. And the fact that Jesus has done that for us doesn't mean that we're now kind of, okay, impervious to sin, far from it. But it it does mean that the the grace we've received from Jesus, we receive afresh every single day. Um, Every single day, we can stand... Again, in the righteousness that Christ has provided for us through his death and resurrection. And every day we can come to him in our need. And that's what he expects. (laughs) I was thinking the other day of, of that wonderful verse in Hebrews 12, where for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And it made me think, you know, Jesus knew the pain. We know that from the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew what he was stepping into. Um, in dying for us, and yet Hebrews says for the joy set before him, he he could see through that pain to the far horizon on the other side, and he knew that that would be a place of joy. Hmm. I can't avoid the truth that Jesus loves being our saviour, hmm. and to our, our defeated friends listening to this, and it, it may be, well, I've I've failed Jesus again. And this is, you know, time number 374 with this particular sin. Jesus still loves being your savior.
3: Hmm.
1: We will never outsin his grace. You may feel as though your sin is going to be the one that actually crosses that red line and is going to be just too much for Jesus to deal with. But in the nicest possible way, you're not that special. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because Romans 5, where, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more there's always more grace in jesus than sin in us he's he's bigger than our sin and his spirit's within us so we don't have to deal with this on our own now we can talk to him about it it's okay to to come before him with with the worst things in our lives and to do that with his people is a, is is healing to do that
2: it just like as you're talking it just brings tears to my eyes i think so often we think of jesus as a god of Judgment. And we know that he hates our sin, but I think we often think he hates us when we sin. Yeah. No, he hates the enemy. Yes, he hates the enemy. That's a good way to say it because I think if we're not in God's word, if we're not with God's people, we're confessing, we're in a healthy place. People are reminding us of the great love of the Father and the Son. We can get lost, and I think a lot of us want to just give up because we keep getting defeated. The gospel that you're presenting is so attractional that it makes me want to run to Jesus. And that's what Jesus does. He's saying, come, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest.
1: Yeah, and there's not a limited number of runs that we're allowed to have, Mm. so that's not a one-and-done thing. That's every day, Mm. with fresh weariness, there is fresh grace and rest available to us in christ
3: you know i think the thing that i didn't realize that day standing in front of the tv with the struggle with my flesh that i learned and i hopefully am never going to stop learning is i was standing there as i said and thought wow the power of this desire to do wrong is beyond powerful i didn't realize it would be that strong i did not know the other side which is the power of God in me that resides literally in this temple, this body is more powerful than my power my my struggle to sin, and I you know i it became one of my life verses, ephesians three twenty where Paul says now to him, who is able right to do immeasurably more than what we even imagine or think, according to the power that is within us. He's talking about the Holy Spirit power of God. And again, it's not this perfect thing that I'll never sin again, but there is a power of God in us that can enable us to win over the flesh. And all the things we talk about are part of that that winning, having community, confessing. We can never underestimate the literal power of the Holy Spirit of God in us is a powerful uh, victory. That we can access and live out in our struggle against our body.
2: And I think for our listeners to realize, like, he loves you, (laughs) he's longing to be with you. And so for us to be with him, to be in the word, it brings us life, it brings us hope, it brings us help.
0: The kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Need help building that heart-to-heart communication between you and your preteen while laying a foundation of purity that will prepare them for the turbulent years ahead? Check out Passport to Purity on our website, families.powertochange.org.au, under the Resources tab. You're invited back tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today presented by Power to Change in conjunction with this radio station.